Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Tony Haggerty and Jamie Flynn to discuss all the latest from Parkhead. On the pod today, we reflect on Karamoko Dembele's thrilling Celtic debut, dissect the latest transfer news and look ahead to the Scottish Cup final against Hearts. Alright, so how are we lads? Final final week of the season. All good. Are we feeling the, feeling the pace? More exhausted than the Celtic players, I think. <laughs> I'm looking forward to holiday. It's well, been a long season, but... A good one. Indeed it has. So the Celtic players, you know, they've got one final push now, um, the Scottish Cup final. The weekend there was obviously kind of all about being presented with a trophy, but it was also a sort of dress rehearsal for the, the final itself, which, but not sure we could too, read too much into that with the team selections and whatnot. But I suppose the biggest talking point to emerge from the weekend was that, I mean, he's only 16, but it feels as if this debut has been on the cards for God knows how long. So... <laughs> Karamoko Dembele handed his Celtic debut by Neil Lennon. What did you think? Oh, it was a terrific cameo performance, wasn't it? From from uh, Karamoko Dembele. Uh, uh, you know, players that can get crowd excited and up off their seats, you know, there's not many of them going about, you know, and he, he lit up Celtic Park when he came on and he was cheered to the echo every time he got the ball because people thought something was going to happen. And as you say, he's been around for uh, Celtic for a long time in this debut has been kind of a long time in the making but he certainly didn't disappoint for the last couple of weeks I don't think there's any doubt that some of the Celtic performances have been a slog so mm-hmm. to get someone a wee firecracker like Dembele on the pitch to add a bit of spark to the, the Celtic performances has been terrific and as you see he's been on the mind of Celtic fans for a long time there's been a lot of hype about him you know he's only 16 but he's playing with the reserves week in week out he's signed a a new contract not so long ago so the club obviously see a lot in him and to actually see him on the pitch and see someone so enthusiastic and direct and obviously loving his football mm-hmm. it, as Tony said it, does, it gets you off your feet it's what you go to football for I mean there's an argument for putting him in the cup final squad you know because it, it depends uh, how Celtic approach it but I mean I think the Celtic fans would love to see him yeah. have another week and a run out you know and, yeah. and, and, and let him Use the the vast expanse of Hamden to, you know, have a go at the Hearts defence if if indeed they need that. Yeah, I think what struck me from certainly when I came on is just how keen the rest of the Celtic players seemed to be to get the ball to him. Do you know, that? Mm. if players were almost sort of going out their way to to feed him the ball. And there's a willingness to, you know, to to help him on his way and make sure he does well. But go back to as well, Brendan Rodgers touched upon it as well when he made his debut for the under 21s There's a duty of care. Celtic for a boy so young, you know, and you, you want to kind of drip feed him into the, the Celtic team, but I think playing on those kind of occasions won't do him any harm just to get that experience and get a feel for it. Probably the Scottish Cup finals came too soon for him, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you canvass the Celtic supporters, I think they would love to see him, yeah. certainly in the subs bench, with the possibility of coming on and having another, you know, we walks around Hamden and see if he can do something. I mean, if you see him on the subs bench, I, I don't... I'd, I don't think he'll, he'll make the squad, but I mean, if it's a toss-up between Dembele and Burke, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you're laughing, but I mean, yeah. you, you, you'd probably pick Dembele because he's going to give Hearts more to think about um, if it really came down to it. Without a doubt, if you if you ask the two, if you ask Canvas Celtic fans again and ask the two of them who's made the better impression, they, they would say Dembele, yeah. you know, in the short time. But Burke started off pretty well, but whatever's happened he's just he, his body language he's, he's had numerous chances to impress and shine and he's, he's just failed to take them and there's there's a player in there somewhere but my, my goodness he's keeping it well hidden <laughs> very well hidden I 
some would say. So in terms of Dembele, like you know, that is this kind of moment that's that's been coming for a long time. So I suppose like the the kind of if anybody didn't know about him before, then mm-hmm. the, the secret is officially out now. So you know what happens now? How does Celtic how does Celtic manage him going forward, Tony? Well, I just alluded to earlier, they they have to introduce him gradually into the first team, you know, and and give him, you know, minutes here and there as they see fit. But I go back to the the boy's only 16, you know, and he is slight in build and frame, you know, so you you don't want to thrust him in and then something happens to him, you know. But he'll want to play, the boy's enthusiastic and he'll want to play in... But I'm sure if he plays the way he did against Hearts and he gets an extended run in the team, Celtic's <laughs> biggest worry will be other teams coming in and and making them an o- and making them offers for him, you know, which should be a real shame because Celtic have put a lot of work into the boy and they've had him for a long, long time, yeah. and they'd want to get some kind of return on that kind of uh, investment that they've, they've made in Dembele, you know. But again, if he comes in and he's a star, then you can't stop the vultures from circling. I think you're right. I think it's it's easing him in and picking the right games for him because he he is very slight. He's still a boy, yeah. and yeah. and especially in this this Scottish game we've got here, where we tend to reward physicality over skill. You know, he was clattered in the Hearts game, and and I think the only reason that went relatively unnoticed was because it was another young boy that clattered yeah. him. But if he's coming up against, uh, pick somebody, cut Broadfoot, who's going to stick him three feet in the air, or one of these guys, you know what I mean? He's He's not going to his development's going to get stunted doing mm-hmm. that week in week out. So you pick and choose the games, as well as you know you look at other young players like Mikey Johnson who came in against Rangers and didn't have the best time yet, and then wasn't seen for a couple of months. And then he comes back and you know you, you can't just throw them in at the deep end. Mm-hmm. You know you need to pick the games some minutes here, as Tori was saying, three 0 up, bring him on. You know ten minutes to go and it's nil nil. You want a you know a loose cannon, maybe somebody yeah. can change something, throw a him spark. on. Yeah, yeah exactly. you know, don't don't just throw him yeah. in at the deep end and expect him to perform all the time. Uh-huh. And that's the thing, Liam. You did see that instant where the young Hearts boy clattered him, and to his credit, he got up, you know, and got on with the game. Mm. But it could have been a nasty one, yeah. You know, and that was his first introduction <laughs> to Scottish football. Mm. You know, and I'm not blaming that the Hearts player. That Scottish football, in a nutshell, this is what Karen Walker and Bailey is now going to have to face. Now that he's uh, entered the ma- the men's game, mm-hmm. you know, so it's tough. It's you know, it's a, it's a school of hard knocks, and a skillful player like that will take a lot of hard knocks. Uh, you think is it is it as much perhaps as well as managing the expectation around him now that he has made that first team debut? I think. I mean, I think there's I think there's an element of that. The Celtic fans, I think, are quite realistic about it. You mm. know, we've seen. Celtic fans in particular have seen loads and loads of young guys come in at the team and not do much. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't so long ago Jack Aitchison was the youngest, still is the youngest ever Celtic player. Um, got his debut under Ronnie Dyla, but we've not really seen much of him. He's not really progressed. So I think when you've got a talent, and everyone seems to agree that Dembele is a special talent, you do need to nurture it. You know, you need to be careful with the games. You need to make sure he's getting the right training and the right supervision and, and coming in at the right moments. And I think the Celtic fans probably appreciate that. They're not expecting... Don't get me wrong, there will be elements of, you know, for losing or we're having a dull game, people will be looking at the bench going, oh, why is that boy Dembele? He was great last year against Hearts. You know, yeah, there'll be that. Uh-huh, but exactly. I think overall people will be realistic about it. Mm-hmm. We have to nurture a talent like that, you know, because it would be unfair, you know, to to throw him in to, to that and then just saying sink or swim. You know, he needs to be protected as well and has to be brought in, as Jamie says it, you know, regular intervals and just giving a taste and before he can turn around and say he's ready for a, an extended run in the team. But it, 
I think it's the you have to quell the expectation of Celtic supporters, you know. But the, but down throughout the years, they're, they're used to seeing wide players and skillful wide yeah. players. Yeah. And this is another one, and they want to see as much of them as they can. And that's the thing; it's it's managing that expectation. But I mean, I know he's he's only sixteen, but you know, and the early signs are that Celtic have got a heck of a player in their hands. These are these are time will tell that. These are critical times for his development, though. As any manager will say, you know that between sixteen and eighteen is doesn't. He, I mean, look how many you can just look at. Even last year, like Samusonda or Islam Farouz, you mm-hmm. know, a previous Celtic example. These these boys who come in have got all the talent in the world at this age. But they can't knuckle down and get it done. Um, I don't know much about the boys' personality. Um, I'm sure it's absolutely spot on. But you know, there's, these are critical years for his development as a person as well as a footballer, and, and these are things Celtic need to make sure they're looking after as well. And also as well, even in the next two seasons, Celtic are trying to achieve something that's never been achieved before. Yeah. So every game is going to carry a, a oh. lot of pressure. Uh-huh. You know, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be you know, tough and hard mm-hmm. and physical. You know, and again, as Jamie said, that that's when you have to nurture that and, and put them in at certain intervals and certain times. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Celtic moving forward will do that. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I'm sure there's a there's a plan, there's a plan in place going forward, um, and I'm sure we'll see a lot more of them. Absolutely. But one person at Celtic who well doesn't seem we're going to see any more of at all, um, and he was there at the weekend. So it was Dedrick Boyata. Um, it's been kind of well accepted for a while that he was that he was going to leave and he's now officially joined Theatre Berlin. But he's some interesting comments after the game at the weekend, Jamie, didn't he? Uh, well, he sort of said, you know, if Celtic had met my demands, then I'd still be here. But you, you sort of look at that and you go, well, that entirely depends on what your demands are. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> if he's wanting 50 grand a week, then, you know, plenty of players would say that. Um, he also alluded to the fact that, you know, in the summer when he famously threw the toys out the pram and never played for a couple of weeks, that fans don't know the whole story. Now, Myself included, I was I was quick to sort of turn against Boyata at the time, and even looking at it, I still think you know I, I'm never as a Celtic fan, I'm never sure the answer is not playing. Um, but knowing what we know now about Brendan Rodgers and things have come out in the wash subsequently, you look at the situation and go, maybe he was made promises that just simply weren't kept, or maybe he's used as a pawn between two warring factions. But overall, you know, he was bought for one and a half million pounds. It must have been Ronnie Dyla that brought him, brought him in to sort of fill the gap when Van Dyke left and Denier left. He's been a good servant for the club. You know, he's, he's not been amazing, but he's he's been a solid player. You know, you keep him past marks. He's done his four years. Financially, I we probably should have sold him in the summer and cashed in. Didn't happen, but, well, you know, it was Fulham he was supposed to be going to anyway, wasn't it? They ended up going down. Mm-hmm. So he probably would be playing in the championship now anyway. So, no, he, he, it's a thanks very much for, for your service and he, he's moving on. One thing I will say is I think I don't necessarily think Hertha Berlin's a move up for Celtic. If I'm brutally honest, you know yeah. I know they play in a better league, but uh-huh. they're regularly finishing tenth in that league, ninth, tenth, whatever. Yeah, I mean, who was it? They was being linked with last summer. Fulham, Sevilla, and Sevilla. Sevilla. They were, you know, kind of European football most years. You know, so it's not exactly. There was always a butt clause with uh, Boyata. I uh-huh. thought you know the in the eyes of the Celtic supporters, he's a good player, but. Aye, prone aye. to wobblers if we could get somebody better I would take him you know or you know if, if he wants to go then so be it you know and and that groundswell and opinion grew and Jamie said he, he refused to play or did he refuse to play in the Champions League game against Ike Athens you know which is still still rankles a lot with the Celtic supporters and, and Boyata's part in that 
because Celtic lost their buying average AIK Athens team and could Boyata have made a difference? He probably could have. You know, and my thoughts on these matters are whatever you've been promised or whatever is happening, you're a professional at the end of the day. Be professional and do your job because your time will come when you can tell your side of the story. Let everybody know. You know, and again, you know, he's there's, there's truths and half-truths and statements being made and and nobody's any the wiser. You know, he's, he's hinted at, oh, I, I would have stayed had they met my demands. So, yeah, what were the demands? <laughs> right. Tell us those demands uh-huh. then. You know, don't don't just leave us dangling there, you know, and or leave everybody dangling as if the, the natural question is, what were the demands? Yeah. You know, but if you're a professional footballer and you're contracted to a club and they have a massive game to play, i.e. a Champions League qualify, you play unless you're physically ruled out you know, uh, you play. You don't. You don't let anything stand in your way. Because at the end of the day, if you help that club into the the Champions League group stages, then the chances are you'll get your move anyway. Yeah, I think the irony of the whole situation is if he'd played and Celtic got into the Champions League and he had a few good showings, he'd probably be getting a, a better move than now. You know. Yeah, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly about Hertha Berlin. Step up. Well, that's that's to be. That's a toss you can argue all day yeah. long, you know. Maybe going to a better league and hopefully, and ho- he'll be hoping that he maybe attracts the interest of a, a club ha- higher up in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Maybe take his chance, but he's maybe thinking, as Jamie said, he's done his four years. I've done my stint. I've had enough. I've, I've achieved everything I want to hear. I'm leaving, you know. So just maybe it's time for pastures now for him and also for Celtic. I think Celtic fans are prepared for a clear out, and if. You know, I don't think you've got many people particularly fussed that Boyata would be part of that clear out anyway. Not yeah. to say he's a bad player, but mm-hmm. you know. No, I don't ever think they thought he was a bad player. Yeah. But I, I go back to it, there was always a kind of, mm, yeah. you know, a humming and hawing over him. No, he'll do. He was never the finished Aye, article. Yeah, no. he was always a, oh, he'll do. He, he's better than what's there type. You know, he wasn't even one of those, or an automatic starter or or build a defence round Boyata. He was never worth 50 million. (laughs) No, 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 certainly not. Um, Well, I suppose the bottom line is, uh, you know, Celtic are probably going to have to look at central defence next season. That's something that the manager, whoever that might be, is going to have to address. Um, And at the moment, we would still fair to say that we think Neil Lennon is is still in the box seat to get that, to get that position. Um, but last week there was Lennon. He kind of came out last week in the sort of interesting comments. You know, there's been a wee bit of you could say discontent among Celtic fans sometimes that they kind of not obviously not results, but sometimes the, the performances. He used the word a bit. It could be a bit of a slog mm-hmm. watching them at times, Jamie. And you know, Neil Lennon kind of came out to remind the fans that I remind them, I suppose, about you know the kind of the success of these days that you know it wasn't always like that. But is it is it ever wise to? to come out and kind of take on the support in that way do you think look I, I've obviously I've been particularly critical of Neil Lennon and blogs and on my podcast before not so much the man no making it personal but of, of the performances of the tune he's getting out of these Celtic players um, and but he, I do I, I do appreciate that he's got a very very difficult job you know if you think about the day to day of what Lennon's had to do has to come into the club while it's upside down has to you know, the easiest thing would be for those players to down tools. Oh, that's my manager. I got. He's had to identify players he trusted. So you're getting the likes of Lustig back in the team and these sorts of things. 
cobble together a squad and try and carry them over the line. But I think a lot of people are aware that what Neil Lennon's bringing to the table, you know, Brendan Rodgers set a bar. And Neil Lennon, by his own admission, would probably say he's a wee bit below that bar that Brendan Rodgers set. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Celtic fans are just nervous that they don't, they're nervous of the board and they don't want the board just to settle for Neil Lennon because he's already sitting in the chair. And I think that's manifesting itself as, no aggression, but criticism towards Neil Lennon. They're going yeah. overboard to make the point uh-huh. kind of thing. And I think Neil Lennon has got the right to come out and defend himself. You know, he's Neil Lennon's no sort of guy that's going to sit and take it. So I think he has, he, the fans have got the right to be nervous about it and vocalise their opinion. But Neil Lennon's got the right to defend himself because the other end of that spectrum is Brendan Rodgers, who sits in front of the fans and tells them everything they want to hear. And it turns out to be a lot of rubbish. Mm-hmm. And you've got Neil Lennon who comes and tells the fans how it is and they, and we don't like that either, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. what do we want? Uh, you know? Let's not kid ourselves that. that. It's just coming to the end of Brendan Rodgers' three-year cycle with the team. It's, it's a tired and jaded team, yeah. which Neil Lennon has inherited. Yeah. And it's hard to put a spark back into that. You know, Celtic acted quickly by bringing Neil Lennon in. And to his credit, his eternal credit, he decided he wanted to take it on. You know, because he had everything to lose. Celtic had everything to lose when Neil Lennon took over. You know, guide them over the line to win the title and a possible treble-treble. Now, if you lose the title or you lose a cup game which mm-hmm. can easily happen right then you, you know you'll be seen as a loser mm. you know so you have to admire the fact that Neil Lennon has gone into that as Jamie said and he has every right to defend himself and again I think it's just going back to the fact that Celtic were toiling under Rodgers when Rodgers left you know they weren't the swashbuckling team of the two years previous you know and I think as James Luther, it's manifesting itself in everything. You know, the Celtic supporters are tired with this team now, you know, they they want freshened up, which is why Karamoko Dembele got such a rousing reception because it was something different. You know, they just want something. But again there's a worry now because ten is tantalisingly close, you know, and there is there's this whole do they trust Lennon to, to deliver ten? I'm not so sure. Do they trust the board to deliver 10? I'm not so sure. So the closer it gets, mm. the more panicky they're becoming. And it's, and they shouldn't be in that in that situation. This is a club that's awash with money and should be saying to the next manager that comes in, there's, ah, I hate to use the, there's, there's funds. I hate to use <laughs> the, the phrase, you know the one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Aye. So <laughs> I hate to say, to say those words. So, but there's funds. Go and deliver ten, and you know, and and immortality awaits because the next the next manager that comes in and delivers ten gets a statue beside Jockstein. It's the bottom line, right? That's that's a fact. That that will happen. You know, if 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 the ten's delivered, right? So, you know, it's it's a big thing. You know, it's a big. It, it's probably the only thing that's occupying the Celtic supporters' minds at the moment. They could possibly put up with. Uh, not getting into the Champions League group stages if they knew that the club was on course to finish 10, yeah. to, to, to do the 10. Am I right in that, thinking that, Jamie? Would I, I think I, I think any Celtic uh, fan would take, a, would take a 10 over a Champions League group. You know what I mean? So the, their sole focus is doing 10 in a row, mm-hmm. you know? So they just want to know that the club's in safe hands. And at this moment in time, Celtic on eight are... Are now at a stick and twist. Such, what, what do they do? Do yeah, they stick with Lennon, or massive. do they? And the next managerial appointment is probably is arguably 
one of the most critical in the club's history. Uh-huh. I really, I really think the board are in a difficult position because, I, I, just my opinion, I don't think they're going to get another Brendan Rodgers. I just, yeah. I think Brendan Rodgers had an affinity, whether he was a Celtic fan or not, had an affinity towards the club. He saw Celtic as a good opportunity to rebuild himself. He was out of work. Celtic were prepared to pay the money. It all all the factors came into place at once to appoint Brendan Rodgers. And I don't think that's going to happen again. So I think the Celtic board are in danger of whoever they appoint, unless it's Rafa Benitez, uh-huh. you know, whomever they appoint, you're not going to please everybody. And I think Celtic fans are getting a bit restless about it. The, the one thing I would say, uh, you know, you, you cannot compete with clubs if, if it comes to a bidding war for a manager's services, right? You're appealing to someone's uh, nature and the strength itself to a big club and there's, his, there's history to be made yeah. here, you know? It's not about money, but I think the Celtic supporters would like to see Celtic go to a Rafa Benitez and ask him the question so they can give them a straight answer. Mm-hmm. You know, and say I'm not coming because X, Y, and Z. How much you know? money do you think Rafa Benitez is on? About six million pounds or something a mm-hmm. year, probably. Like, I twice what Brendan Rodgers was getting paid. Yeah, at of Celtic. course. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's what I mean. I, when it comes to uh, a monetary situation, I don't think Celtic can compete with clubs mm-hmm. if they're mm-hmm. going to offer them that kind of money. But you're appealing to a different kind of uh, nature in your next potential manager. And as you say, anything, anything other than Brent, a Brendan Rodgers types a step down yeah. and, and they're going to be disappointed but yeah. uh, you know going to touch on it but Davy Moyes is high on the bookies list you know and people are oh, Celtic support I don't want Moyes I don't want Moyes how often do you get the chance to appoint a former Manchester United mm-hmm. manager now I know he wasn't successful at Manchester United but mm-hmm. who has been since yeah, <laughs> but, but it's that great line isn't uh-huh. it I've been handed the mic after Frank Sinatra's just sung. Mm. You know, he followed uh-huh. the, arguably the greatest ever manager in football history, right? So, you know, you, you, not so much you were doomed to fear, or anything you did yeah. would have peeled into insignificance, yeah. you know? And like Brendan Rodgers, there's a damaged reputation there, mm-hmm. but people forget that David Moyes was a superb manager with Preston and Everton. Uh-huh. Very good manager with both of those clubs. No, again, like Brendan, there's a reputation to be rebuilt and could do it at Celtic. I mean, he'd done better at Man U than in Europe than, than anyone else that preceded him. He'd done okay at, at West Ham. He sort of salvaged their season and then finished up. I, I don't know. I'm Sunderland was a basket case yeah. that everybody refers to. Yeah, going across to Sociedad. Spain and Sociedad, you know. That was a, no, no, a gamble, wasn't it? Yeah. Nobody ever says, I'm going to Spain to take the Sociedad job. You, <laughs> want, you want one of two jobs in Spain, uh-huh, don't you? Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, a gamble that didn't pay off. Yeah. You know, now, I'm not saying Moyes is going to get it, but I'm just saying he's he's one of the favourites. But a lot of people are voicing their displeasure and, you know, I'd rather have Lennon than Moyes, uh-huh. you know. Is, is, so it, is it not even I'm just like the fact advocate that... advocate about it, you know. You know, he... Uh, yeah. At Man United, he almost like he almost became a bit of a laughing stock because of how how bad it got, and you think that's that kind of perception sort of stuck with him ever since th- because he he got this kind of reputation as being really sort of negative and. Well, I think uh, you know what I think you're right, I th- but I think it is it's a it's a personality thing. You know, mm-hmm. people last yeah. week were saying, "Oh, Slavin Bilic, get him in." What has Slavin Bilic done <laughs> for the past couple of years? He done okay at West Ham, but the guys out in Saudi Arabia 
and he's no survived. And his heyday was was it Euro two thousand and something when he was got yeah, done well at Borussia. Croatia. You know, anybody in the game, I, I'm not saying I speak to people in the game, but you read things and you read for other coaches. David Moyes is a high quality football manager, yeah, and he brings that attention to detail, that professionalism, that that Brendan, the type of thing that Brendan Rodgers brings to the game. I'm not saying he's as good as Brendan Rodgers, but they're in similar moulds. I, I don't think there's any top professional football managers who's not been swallowed up by yeah. certain football and experience and not been burnt at some. It uh-huh. happens to everybody at some stage in their career. And with Moyes, it was played out publicly because it was Manchester United, you know, and and, and you know he, he he gets swallowed up by the whole experience, you know. And I did you feel sorry for him? Yeah, you probably did because at that point in time he he was the next big thing, you know. So it, again, there's a, I, I think laughing stocks are but you know I think it battered reputation certainly, you know. But laughing stocks are but I don't know. I, I, I think it's about a, you know, disingenuous, you mm-hmm. know, to, to call him that because he, he has been a successful manager with other clubs mm-hmm. and I include Preston and Everton and yeah. that he did very very well with them. He, he quantum yeah. he quantum leapt, uh-huh. you know. To if go I to can just, I mean, I don't mean like he was uh, like no, a complete laughing stock. It's just the way it ended yeah. at, at Man United. No, the, the, the perception. It, the perception the was. Perception uh-huh. is Liam. Yeah, I, I, I'm not it, saying that you're calling him. A, I'm just saying there's that perception yeah. out mm-hmm. there, you know. But if you look at, I mean, see, well, you know, when David Moyes had the Manchester United job, Neil Lennon was toiling at Bolton. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So you know, it's it's people. It's, people, there's a wee bit of pick and choosing here. Yeah. Now, I'm not cheerleading for David Moyes, but I think he's been unfairly written off mm-hmm. as a as an option yeah. for Celtic manager. I think yeah. people are just dismissing him out of hand. And you think, you know, the guys, the guys got something, um, and he's a he's a good manager. And if it came down to a straight choice between David Moyes and Neil Lennon for me, I think people people are going with Lennon because he's got the history and he's a Celtic fan and all that. But Say, say this portion never happened. Say Neil Lennon hadn't been interim Celtic manager and it came to the end of the season and Neil Lennon finished up with Hibs and you're looking at Neil Lennon or David Moyes, I think in that instance more people would be leaning towards Moyes. But even now, if it's a straight choice, I'm, I would be picking Moyes, yeah. to be honest with you. And I think that's what Lennon was alluding to when he was having a pop at the fans. He was sort of saying to them, he's were spoiled with Brendan. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Your expectations have now gone through the roof, which is why get Rafa, get Mourinho... You know, <laughs> get shorty, get whoever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's it's yeah. You know, expectations have to be tempered and managed. I know? think Brent. I think I think Neil Lennon sort of in his he sort of shot himself in the foot a wee bit with the PR game he played because he came in and some of the comments he made were as if he was also in awe at what Brendan Rodgers was doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Celtic fans are looking at this going, what, you're surprised at him? You know, these comments about the size of his office and unreal preparation for games. And, and we're looking at that thinking, hey, but that's what we want. We don't want a manager coming in going, wow, this is amazing. We want a manager going in going, I can do that, I know. Mm-hmm. You know I can talk, make it better. Aye, I can yeah. make it better. Talk yourself into the job, you know. Yeah. Um, but look, it's it's. I'm, I'm sure there'll be an appointment in the next couple of weeks. And yeah. if it's Neil Lennon, I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm sure some people will, but fans are fickle and within a couple of weeks it'll all be forgotten about. But I just think, as I say, David Moyes is a good option. I think he's been unfairly written off. Yeah. Would there then be not maybe quite the same as it was with Celtic and Brendan Rodgers, but a sort of similar opportunity with Moyes and Celtic, as in like manager who's looking to rebuild his reputation? Perhaps like unfairly written off in the way that Rodgers almost was because it ended badly for him at Liverpool and then he also had that kind of 
Um, Listen, the next manager who comes into Celtic has one rematch and one rematch yeah. only. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Deliver the next two titles, you know? And if you're a manager worth your salt, you, you would fancy your chances of being able to do that. Especially when you're giving some backing. Aye, especially being you able know? to build, giving your chance to build the team. You know, no matter who Celtic, without being blase about it, no matter who Celtic appoint as manager, whether they're, you know, of, of basic competence, whether it's Neil Lennon, David Moyes, anybody of, of that of that ilk, see, provided you give them the, the right and adequate backing that you can afford to, mm-hmm. you know, you, we, we should be winning these two leagues. Yeah. You know what? We should be winning against a rookie manager in his second season over at Ibrox where a team cobbled together our players for the SPFL and the lower leagues, we should be able to go out and, and put some serious players on the pitch with a good manager and get these two leagues won. And I don't really think there's much excuse for not doing it. And I think if you're a Davy Moyes, that would appeal to you. Mm-hmm. You know, Moyes has always said he wanted to manage Celtic at one point. And I just think, like Brendan, the stars have aligned. And I think it's probably the right time. I mean, he was interviewed. someone like Moise, he was interviewed when Brendan, Brendan was, got it, yeah, of yeah. course. And once people realised that Brendan was in the race, they wanted Brendan, you know? So, again, he's not... It's like, we'll keep your CV on file. So, <laughs> I think Celtic are maybe just going back to him and, and maybe going back to him and saying to him this time, well, do you fancy it now? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think Moyes would definitely fancy it. Yeah. You know, he might have to win over some sections of the... Celtic supporters, but again, as Neil Lennon's alluded to, and James, you say that football fans are fickle. Yeah, perceptions well, can change really. All you'd really have to quickly. do is, you know, is win football matches, and I think he would be confident in his own ability to to do that. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing is for certain is whoever um, comes in and takes the job, um, it's going to be a big summer in terms of transfers mm. coming and going. Um, Scott Brown said after the game at the weekend that, you know, he, well, he said it in plain words, there's going to be a, a clear-out. So who, from the, who's there just now, aside from, you know, maybe guys who are coming at the end of their contracts, like, you know, who who do you expect to see the back of, perhaps, this summer? Easier asking who they would expect to stay. To stay, <laughs> I, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys who are at the end of their contract, but there's also a lot of guys who are at the end of their usefulness. Um all, just I'll send all the loan guys back. I think you'd expect to see the back of them. I think the likes of Lustig probably might go. That being said, we need a backup right back. And, you know, Lustig's got bags and bags of experience. He's well-liked in the dressing room. He's not as fit as he used to be, but, you know, could he turn in 10 or 15 domestic league games a season? Probably. And you probably need somebody to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we probably don't need to get any capital in, but you'd be looking at maybe in Cham. He's at maybe the end of his two-year cycle. Maybe yeah. get some money in for him. Then the players that have just it's just not worked out. You know, like I said, Jack Hendry. You would move him on. Comper, see if he wants paid off. There's a there's a lot of guys. Lee Griffiths. You know, as much as he's got personal issues, there's probably a question mark over his Celtic future about whether he's got a future at the club or maybe he wants to go and rehabilitate himself somewhere where there's less pressure on him. I still think. Lee Griffiths has got a lot to offer because if you've got a natural goal scorer then you would maybe persevere with that one and see if going into the new season he can exercise those personal demons but yeah there's a question mark certainly I think they would uh, lean on Rodgers to do them a favour and maybe loan back Benkovic because uh, Benkovic is uh, he looks every inch the footballer Mm -hmm. first thing I seen Benkovic do actually was when they drew 0-0 with St Mern but Benkovic pulled a ball out of the air to go down the chest and Shelled a 60-yarder to Forrest. 
Yeah. It's the first thing, and I was that's the first thing I and I, I watched him, and I thought, wow, he can yeah. play. You, you know, see that you, from no, no, and it was, it was Ronald Koeman like pass, uh-huh. you know, and but it was natural. It wasn't cumbersome. It was, you know, and. Uh, I don't know, I mean, Ayer's got a lot of praise this season, Christopher Ayer, and he's came on as a player, but I'm very much a, a Boyata man with comes to Ayer. I think he's all right, but, you know, yeah. I, I just think he looks he looks cumbersome. Mm-hmm. doesn't look natural with a looks ball. looks rash speakers, a lot of the time as well. And he's strolling forward, you know, unlike Benkovic, who I think is just every inch of football and sees things, and, you know, so yeah. I think if Celtic were wise, they would be uh, hammering Rogers door just now and saying... Is there any chance this guy could come back up if he's not going to get into your side? Mm-hmm. You know, but there's talk of uh, Leicester central defender. Harry Maguire. Yeah, there's talk of him clubs. moving on, isn't there? So uh-huh. I think maybe he would be looking at Benkovic, maybe slotting in there if mm-hmm. Maguire goes, you know. So, uh, I mean, the, the, but I mean, it's up to Celtic to, if they're, if they're serious about trying to get some decent quality players in to, to tie up Benkovic. You know? I mean, some of the names you, loan deal, you know? Some of the names you look at, you know, just running through a quick list. You'd expect to see the back of Zagiri, you'd expect to see the back of Hendry. There's Gamboa, Sinclair as well, that you might see the back of him. Johnny Hayes could move on. Mm-hmm. Scott Allen, you know, you completely yeah. forget that these guys are at the yeah. club. Well, he's going to Hibs, isn't he? Is going so to Hibs, oh, yeah. he signed a pre-contract, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he'll, he'll be away. De Vries is another one. Yeah. You know, and as you touched upon, Sham as well, I, I've never seen a player regress as much as Sham in the mm-hmm. past wee while, but it'd be a lot, chronic lack of form and just you know a lack of confidence. He just he was terrific at the start of the season in yeah, Sham, and he's really yeah. tailed off. You yeah. know, so uh, got a decision to make on Sham. You know, because uh-huh. there is a there's a footballer there, mm. but you need yeah. somebody to cajole that and bring well, out. Can interest again. from Porto just doesn't seem to go away. That's the last. Yeah. Maybe and Last maybe, summer, then and January, and maybe then it's coming up again now, you know? as well. And maybe, uh-huh. maybe he doesn't particularly like it mm-hmm. here, so maybe maybe mm-hmm. wants to go somewhere. But he can be in one in the sun and maybe play a more relaxed style of football, which maybe that suits his kind of game, you know. Yeah. In terms of incomings, I mean, it's obviously it's maybe quite hard to to judge at the moment when there's not a permanent manager in, but Neil Lennon does seem to be still very much involved in the, the recruitment. Um, there's one player who's emerged an exclusive story in Record Sport this week, a young boy, Rakeem Harper, from West Brom. And this, this kind of looks every bit like a, like a sort of Celtic signing, a young, highly rated footballer, seemingly on his way out at West Brom. Um, bit of a standout over a contract, apparently centre midfielder. Lots of potential, quite highly rated. It's, it, it seems one that's... It, it kind of ticks the Brendan Rodgers prototype signing, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? Rehabilitate a young, uh, a young thruster who's hungry for success, and you know, and you bring you bring them up here, and you know, make them a success, and and then see where they go from there. You mm-hmm. know, so it, I think that strikes me as that's the kind of model that uh, they're still following, and and Neil's been charged with that task temporarily, at least to to scout yeah. these kind of players until I mean, you, maybe he compels a dossier and. Hands it over to. I mean, you can't put you can't put things on hold, you know. And, and there's been it doesn't matter who the manager is. There's there's areas in the, the the Celtic squad that need filled. You know, we do need a right back. We do need a centre half. We probably need a striker. And as Tony was saying, there's probably you know let Congerton probably scouted some of these guys, but they're 
you know, they're worth exploring. Mm-hmm. And if Neil Lennon's judgment is to be trusted in any capacity, he's pr- he can probably, you know, Neil, one thing that Lennon's good at is he can tell a player, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and he can tell a player that's going to do well in the Scottish League. Yeah. So, you know, he's a handy guy to go down there and, and have a say on, at least mm-hmm. take his opinion on. Yeah, he's a he's a record on that front. His second to none, you know, mm-hmm. tried and tested with players that he brought into Celtic as manager the first time. They did very well and were sold on for profit. So you can't argue uh, his credentials on that mm-hmm. on, on that side of it. So yeah, I mean he, he's clearly doing the homework and some because someone has to at this moment. Yeah. And just briefly to finish off the Scottish Cup final coming up, the small matter of the Scottish Cup final. Um, Celtic were of favourites heading into this game, but it seems with every passing day there's another Hearts player uh, is breaking down and Ollie Lee, first choice centre midfielder, another one who's broken down for them. So Celtic really looking overwhelming favourites going into this game, aren't they? I said before, the the only team that will stop Celtic from doing the treble is Celtic themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an air of overconfidence heading into this with a lot of the Celtic supporters, probably mm-hmm. quite rightly. Uh, but you never ever underestimate an opponent, but it's hard not to see past Celtic by two or three goals at least. Yeah. Possibly more. Because Hamden just suits them the way they play and and in the past three years, whenever they've been asked to turn up at Hamden, they have. They've brought their A game, they've risen to every challenge and I just find it hard to see where hearts are going to hurt them. Could be wrong in that, completely wrong, but uh I, my thoughts are if Celtic turn up and play again at Hamden as they usually do, they'll win the cup. Aye, I think you know anything can happen in a cup final, and Celtic's form hasn't been dazzling as of late. But I, I think Lars, sorry, I think Hearts lack the quality. You know, if Celtic Celtic turn up and and I think they have got one last push in them, mm-hmm. I think Hearts seriously lack the quality. Their form's not been great as of late. You yeah. know. It, yeah. I think they ended up on points. They finished seventh in, in the table. Any other game, any other day, they you'd expect expect Celtic to squish that. So, I think Celtic can do it. I think there's probably a few questions over the Celtic lineup. You know, who who are we going to play? Who's going to feature? Um, but you know, Neil Lennon will be looking at his squad, thinking, right, we've got a right good chance here, and the players will be looking at this, going, we have got a real chance. You know, if yeah. we all do our part, we can pull this out the bag here. And I think with the treble, treble being at stake as well, I don't think the Celtic players will allow themselves not to make another slice of history you know it's just it when, when you've got that to play for in a, in a final push I think that'll drag you over the line I mean it rolls off the tongue the treble treble but you know to win the treble three times in a row is extraordinary yeah. uh, absolutely uh, extraordinary it, ast- it would be if they do an astonishing achievement of course it would because it's uh, well it's never been done before you know the the double treble had never been achieved before, so <laughs> treble treble would be like <laughs> astonishing, yeah. you know. So we've been talking about it all season, but you don't like yourself actually think about how astonishing a feat it would uh-huh. be, you know. And you, know, you can argue about the merits, strengths, and weaknesses of it. The fact of the matter is, in years to come, if Celtic do achieve it, nobody will say ah, but this and that. It'll be a historical fact in black and white that they managed to win nine out of nine, which. I don't ever think we'll be done again. All right, well, this time next week we'll know one way or the other. That's all from us today, but we'll be back again next midweek to bring you all the latest from Parkhead. Thanks to Tony and Jamie for joining me. Be sure to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available. And you can also rate us on there as well. Thanks very much for listening. (laughs) 